Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Welcome back into College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. We are recording on a Thursday just after lunch, and the women's regionals finished up. Brentley, 24 hours ago, there were four regional sites, and three of them had some action, and one did not. So uh, I don't think we're coming up with breaking news, but let's respond to what happened or didn't happen in Baton Rouge uh, for those tuning in and no clue a quick uh, refresher that seven inches of rain and a two to three day window scheduled for 54 holes not a single shot was hit and they went off pure seedings top six moved on top three individuals not on those teams moved on and everyone else sat there uh, in disbelief when the NCAA had the video announcing it that went viral it's been everywhere and I think you and I should start, Brentley. You were not there. I was not there. We were on the right. phone. We've called coaches. We've seen the NCAA's release. Uh, but I will open up the floor to you to get your thoughts on uh, how this one played out. Yeah, we we, we weren't there, Burko. So, you know, I, I can't 100% say, you know, what what happened, you know, what the exact truth was. But I do know one thing. Watching that video – um, you know, your, your heart just kind of sinks into your stomach, just hearing those players and, you know, shouting that they want to play and the longer video where it panned back out and players are just doubled over and their emotions are just, uh, you know, all over the place and there's tears and sobbing. And it's just something you don't want to see because 14 months ago, we had a very similar situation where the postseason in the last three months of the college golf season were taken away from everyone because of the pandemic. And now, you know, fast forward to yesterday, that same thing, not exactly the same circumstances, but a very similar feeling. And it's just very unfortunate. And you just wish that and wonder, you know, what could have been done to prevent this? And it'll be interesting to see what kind of answers we get moving forward. We don't have them all right now, but I, I hope that for the sake of everyone, but, but mostly for these women that we get some, some proper, you know, answers. And I don't know if that means an apology as well, you know, whatever, but something, you know, it's, it's not good right now, the way it's been left. Um, so moving forward, I can only hope that we get some sort of clarity. 
Yes, the optics, not very good. You just hit on a point that a coach I spoke with on Wednesday who was outside the top six almost verbatim that he had to go in the parking lot 14 months ago, rip out the hearts of his young women saying the season was canceled. And lo and behold, he had to do it again for a different reason. Um, It's tough. It's tough to swallow. I'm glad we had 24 hours to sort of let this decompress, to call some coaches, to get some thoughts. Uh, Certainly those not in those top six rankings, a lot more disappointed. Every coach with whom I spoke said, we wanted to play golf. Big picture, 30,000 feet above. We're selfish. We want the best teams to be at Greyhawk. So purely on the seedings, theoretically, you have the best team. You can argue about the rankings. You can argue about the seedings. The course was playable to some. For others, it wasn't championship ready. Some said there were no workers out there trying to drain the course. Others said there were maintenance staff out there. You know, the problem I have at this point the manual that clearly states regional play cannot move beyond Wednesday. I'm going to go with the wise words of my father, 87 years young, still kicking, still hanging in there. Rules are man-made. Rules are made to be changed, broken, adjusted, altered. You and I just saw that at Seminole at the Walker Cup. For 100 years, almost, 99, alternates, basically didn't travel. And if they played, the person they replaced was out for the remainder of the match. Well, 17, 18, 19 kids got sick. Captains got sick. They made modifications. How do we not compromise the Walker Cup to make it fair and equitable? Alternates were allowed to play. When those who were on the team were better or up to par, no pun intended, they were allowed to return to the lineup. That is so fresh in my mind right now, what they adjusted and changed and pivoted and modified, pick any word, go beyond Wednesday, go to Thursday, go to Friday. I don't care how long you go. Get it done. Make make a change, make a change. And then it clearly states 54 can't be played, 36. If 36 can't be played, 18. Is 18 fair? Probably not. Find a way to get it done. I can go deep into the weeds and the rabbit hole. The visuals of how this was all conveyed, take social media for what it is. The NCA is left in a very bad spot, and I know they're going to have some answers, and I believe they will. Uh, but talking to coaches that moved on, they said changes need to be made. We cannot be in this position again. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it perfectly, bringing up the Walker Cup. Adjustments need to be made on the fly, even if it's something that you've never done before. You know, nothing nothing is saying that these rules are really set in stone. I mean, I guess they are in the manual, but at the same time, they... So here's, here's the idea I, I have for this. You know, s- stepping back, you know, looking at something, you know, from a, you know, thir- 36,000 feet, and when they arrived on Sunday for, for the practice round, they had the ability then to say, listen, the, the forecast these next three days is absolutely terrible. 
let's get out there and try to play at least 18 holes today on Sunday. I'm sure everyone would have been okay because if, if you would have said, hey, you know, a potential scenario is the fact that you don't get in any golf in the top six seeds advance, I'm sure everyone would have been like, all right, let's do what we need to do. So get an 18, maybe even 27 on Sunday, but at least 18. And then that gives you the next three days or even four. I, I think they should have until Thursday um, to finish because, I mean, rain is not some rare occurrence. Rain happens all the time, especially in the South. But give yourself three or four days to just get in 18 more holes. And then you can do, you know, when you get to Wednesday or you get to Thursday, if you have to cut the field to the top nine teams or the top 12 teams, at least you're trying and making an effort. And at least everyone has the opportunity to have played. So if they could have got an 18, say they cut to the top nine, Thursday, they actually could have played 36. You could have gotten in 54 holes, you know, and I, I, I think I agree with uh, some people. I, I know people say, hey, a true test of golf is golf. You know, the, the worst test is no golf. And I agree with that to an extent. But once the NCAA got to Wednesday and no golf had been played, they were kind of backed into a corner because either decision they made was going to be an unfair one. You can't send out 18 teams for 18 holes on the golf course that's below sea level and has had seven inches of rain and expect it to identify the best teams and, and, and players. I mean, you, you have, I mean, the, the, the better teams have the better players, right. And better players normally hit it farther. They, they hit it higher. And when you have soft fairways and soft greens, and I mean, you're, you're looking at the potential for some, some lost balls, you know, plugged balls in the fairway where you can't find them. Like there's a lot of things that can happen. And so once they got to Wednesday, I just didn't see how they were going to be able to justify getting in any golf. Now that doesn't defend the actions up until that point, but looking at something in a vacuum, looking at Wednesday in a vacuum, I think that was the right decision. Everything else surrounding that, I don't think you can say the same. I agree. Uh, we could go deep into this. I think we cut it off there because it actually was golf play, but we certainly wanted to start with our reactions from Baton Rouge. Uh, let's go to Louisville. Biggest surprise, a playoff for the final spot. Top ranked, top seeded South Carolina holds on uh, with a little bonus action to get through. Uh, how much of a surprise was that for you? I think we both have been high on South Carolina all year, Virgo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I was extremely worried. I said it and I'm not going to back off. I believe they're the best team in the country. I believe they're going to win it all. I'm not going to back away from that. But there was a moment on Wednesday afternoon, Brentley, I'm like, uh-oh, they might be done. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had you, – you just kind of got that feeling because – this is a team that really hasn't had a lot of adversity because they've been so good. Pauline Racine Bouchard has been absolutely incredible uh, th throughout the course of the fall and the spring. And when they finished second at SEC, SEC season stroke play and then lost to Alabama in the first round of match play, that kind of made me think that, uh-oh, maybe this team has been exposed just a little bit. And they came out. Um, their head coach, Kalen Anderson told me yesterday, you know, they, the 54 holes this week were, 
were very sloppy golf. They did not look like the number one team in the country. They didn't even look close to it. But I'll tell you what, good teams or great teams find a way to get it done. And they go out in that playoff hole, par five. All but one player hits the green in two. They make four birdies. And Pauline, who finished T34, she opened in 79, had by far her the worst event of her college career. She makes eagle from eight feet. And they beat Arkansas six under to three under. I mean, that's called forgetting, you know, all the, the bad golf starting with a fresh slate and coming out and playing like, you know, you can play. And so that was very impressive. And in a way, and I even mentioned this to Kaylin yesterday, I'm like, does, does this in a way make you guys better? And she says, absolutely. I mean, we see this in basketball all the time, Burko, where, teams get upset early in their conference championship and then go to the NCAA tournament and make a huge run because they know what it's like now to trip up. And I think this is only going to be positive for South Carolina as we get into next week. I agree with you wholeheartedly back against the wall. They found a way to get it done. Uh, I still remain high on South Carolina. As we take a quick uh, jump to Columbus, Scarlet Course, arguably the toughest course. Um, wow, Georgia, <laughs> where, where did that come from? The performance they put on there in, in Ohio after an indifferent spring and conference championship. Lo and behold, I mean, they just slapped the field. Yeah, it, it just shows you what happens when you have everyone in the lineup. The, the last two events, the LSU Tiger Classic and the SEC Championship, Georgia was missing in each of those events at least two of their top you know, five or six players. They finished last place in both of those events, 14th. But coming into here, I mean, Josh Brewer, their coach, was like, we, we know we're one of the best teams in the country, even though we haven't showed it. Well, 54 holes later, they beat Duke by 15, Arizona State by 15, and win this regional going away on a tough golf course where they almost shot under par through 54 holes. This is a huge statement for Georgia. Jenny Bay, she was on a pitch count, uh, so to speak, throughout the fall, just some, some nagging injuries. She would go from playing the final round of a tournament to then her next round being the practice round of the next tournament. So that was definitely not ideal, but she seems to be healthy, rounding into form. And when you add Katarina Don, Candace May, Isabella Holford to that mix, this is a team that legitimately can get to match play, I think. And as we know, match play, anything can happen. Um, this team has those two or three studs that you can rely on in that format. So yeah, definitely a, uh, a team to keep an eye on and, and, and a dangerous team if they come out hot uh, next week in Arizona. For sure. A, a team I definitely didn't have on the radar, but uh, they've now jumped fully square on, on page one. Intriguing to see what will happen uh, in a short time in uh, Arizona, then out West Stanford home cooking for certain, but what they did and in the manner in which they did it, Wow. I mean, the Cardinal led by Rachel Heck, who you could argue is the best player in college golf, only played in the spring. But uh, Ann Walker has had a propensity of making match play at the NCAAs, and they're getting hot at the right time. Let me tell you that this could be a squad uh, 
quickly getting on that short list moving forward. Yes, certainly a huge performance. And, and, and it always helps playing on your home golf course. But you have to remember, it's it's not like Stanford golf course is, is not a common host venue throughout. You know, they, they host a regular season event. They've hosted several conference tournaments, several several regionals. So a lot of these players have likely seen this golf course in the past. I, I think more impressively is the fact that this was by far the toughest regional, in my opinion. You had USC, Arizona, Wake Forest, Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech, Florida. They, they just missed out by one shot. Amelia Garvey from USC made an 11-foot par putt to avoid a playoff there. That's a lot of good teams. And for Stanford to win by 30 shots, I believe that was a school record. Uh, and for Rachel Heck to become the second second regional medalist in school history, joining Alvin Valenzuela from a few years ago. Heck's got five wins now. Stanford uh, has something close to that. I don't know exactly the number of wins they have, but th- this is a very dangerous team. They have a a huge pedigree when it comes to making match play at the NCAA championship. Of course, they've won an NCAA championship in the match play format, completely different team. I know, but I was looking at a photo yesterday of these players posing with their, their ticket to Greyhawk and celebrating after the win. And I'm looking Rachel Heck, Angelina Yee, Aline Crowder, Brooks say, who is an AJGA All-American, Sadie Engelman, same thing. This team has a lot of really good players. And even though they're young, I, I expect them to do big things uh, as we get into next week and you know give some, some teams some, some headaches. 100% agree. Uh, Ann Walker, I know a coach doesn't hit a shot. She knows how to navigate through this part of the year. So that's our quick recap on the four regionals. Let's uh, – Spin it forward for a moment, heading to Greyhawk in just over a week's time. Who are your maybe one or two favorites? I mean, again, I'm staying on South Carolina, not going to bail on them now. Um, But maybe has anyone else jumped into the equation, good or bad for you heading into next week? Yeah, Stanford. Uh, We we just talked about them. I think there's a few teams from that regional uh, USC, I like a lot just because of the depth. They were able to make it through despite Allison Corpus tying for 70th place. Anytime you're able to do that with your best player, I think it only makes you better. It instills confidence throughout the lineup. So those are two teams I certainly have my eye on. Maybe a little bit of a flyer, um, but for, for some reason, Burko, I just like UCLA. They finished tied for second at the Louisville Regional. Very young team. But Emma Spitz won that medalist honors at that regional at the University of Louisville Golf Club going away. She's a very talented player and maybe someone that gets overlooked a little bit because we talk about Pauline. We talk about Ingrid Lindblad from LSU. We talk about Lynn Grant from Arizona State. Emma Spitz is a sophomore just like all of them, and she's arguably just as good. Very good indeed. going to be a lot of fun. We can't wait to get it going. Uh, we're going to jump ahead. Men's regional start uh, early next week. Uh, I'm just going to rip through them, see if anything stands out. Let's start uh, in Indiana, where Texas, the top seed there, um, top five from each regional moves on, uh, six of them, so 30 teams advance. Uh, Texas, very good. You and I have discussed it, I believe, 
I'm always intrigued about a Walker Cup hangover. Pearson Cootie, Cole Hammer also teeing it up on the PGA Tour this week. Bear in mind, they make the cut. They're going up to Indiana, those two guys blind. Yes. Just something to consider. Yeah, it's it's going to be – I mean, it, it's already been a, a very taxing uh, few tournaments for those two Texas boys. I mean, they, they play 72 holes of the Big 12 championship and 30-mile-per-hour wins at Prairie Dunes, which is a course that – takes every bit of your attention and effort on every single shot. They, they go to the Walker cup. Pearson Cootie, of course, battles that stomach bug. That's never good in terms of energy and endurance levels moving forward. They're playing in the Byron Nelson this week. And, you know, as you said, they make the cut. I was talking to, to their coach, John Fields last week, and he said they're going to hop on a private plane on Sunday night, fly to Indianapolis. The golf course is about 30 minutes away. And they're going to wake up the next morning, have not played a practice round, and boom, you got 54 holes in the most most important 54 holes of your entire season there. I do think the one saving grace, besides North Carolina, who is a team who I think is going to be a top five program for the next couple of years, especially once they bring in David Ford this fall. Besides that, there's a lot of question marks. And I know North Florida's had a good year. Tennessee's kind of been up and down. But I just think something monumentally wrong would have to happen for Texas not to get through. Agreed. Keep an eye on Louisville, the five seed. Love Matias Schmidt. John Murphy showed us a lot at the Walker Cup. A pretty powerful under-the-radar one-two punch for the Cardinals. Tallahassee Seminoles hosting there the top seed. Intrigued to see Liberty. Is it fluky what they've done? Are they legit? Can they play? And Georgia Tech, you know, what could have been with the three powers that all turned pro and Schneider Jans, Strafacci, and Ogletree. For me, that just sort of stands as chalk. Maybe TCU is the seven seed. They won in Arizona last month. Uh, maybe they're getting hot at the right time. Yeah, I, I kind of like Ohio State all the way down there in the 11th seed. Maxwell Moldovan, I. Uh, came on really hot, has, has cooled off a little bit. Uh, Ellis Savard, a player who they got from D2 this year. So th- there's there's some talent there. Um, you know, I, I think they may be able to work their way into that top five. But the thing I'm looking forward to most, I think I'm going to drive up there next Wednesday, Burko, but is to see this golf course. I mean, Jack Nicholas redesigned Seminole Legacy Club, apparently the, the practice uh, – facility and short course which is only open to to team members and very select boosters um, apparently that's incredible or going to be incredible um, so yeah the golf course is definitely something i'm i'm looking to uh you know keep an eye on stillwater karsten creek cowboys top seed out there illinois the second seed i'm looking at six and seven alabama has had success at karsten creek a few years ago very different team And then the seventh seed, Baylor, head coach Mike McGraw was the head coach at Oklahoma State back in the day, arguably knows that golf course as well as any coach in the country. I think I think there is value there that Mike can truly show these guys how to get around that place. Yeah, I I, I texted him after the uh, selections were announced and I said on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you for your regional? He said an eleven. So he's, he's certainly ready to get out there. His team has a lot to prove. They've been banged up. They, they have, they've had guys 
uh, be out for the year, be out for, you know, spurts here and there. Cooper Dossi, their star who we saw at the Walker Cup as the second alternate, didn't get in, but he missed two events. He actually got engaged to miss one of them. And then the day after his engagement, he said his fiance got COVID. So he got contact traced and he missed another event. So Baylor hasn't had their entire lineup together. I don't think they're going to have everyone they would like, um, but I think they're going to be probably as close to full strength as we've seen them this spring. And I, I think Lav mentioned it last week on the regional show, just a who's who of, of college golf coaches with Mike Small of Illinois, Alan Bratton, uh, John Handergan from, from Notre Dame, who was a, a former national uh, assistant of the year. Yeah, Jay Sewell, Alabama, McGraw. I mean, even even Chris Malloy, you know, was the assistant coach from Brooks Kepka was at Florida State for those uh, very solid Seminole teams. So, I mean, listen, there's there's just a ton of talent from both the coaching and the playing standpoint here. And it's going to be interesting. I, I think this is by far the regional where we have the most um, chance at chance at volatility. I think we're going to get some six, seven maybe even a 10 seed of Ole Miss or 11 seed Northwestern is, is, is going to make things interesting come Wednesday. Vandy also hosting Clemson, the top seed there. I think I threw out earlier in the pod, that was an ACC team in Larry Penley's swan song after 38 years as a head coach, conference champions, man, this team is good. Keep an eye on them. NC state. Are they for real? I've been bullish on San Diego state. Uh, all year long. I don't know if they get enough credit. Uh, a handful of good players, and then Puit Anupan Subsai, uh, one of the best that no one's heard of. Um, again, storylines jumping out to me that, I, that I'm intrigued about in Tennessee. Yeah, th- this is a very gettable regional. I think even a team like Kent State at number eight, maybe even a uh, UTSA at nine That in Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte's a a team with some talent. Matthew Sharpenstein uh, made the semifinals of the U.S. Amateur last summer. Um, so, yeah, th- this is wide open in this regional. I, I, I would just it, – it's hard for me to go against Clemson right now. It's just everything is is lining up. The stars are aligning for Larry Penley to go out on a really special note. And it's going to be – you know, we we don't root for teams, Burko. You know, we, we have uh, – you know, we've been covering, you know, these, these coaches and, and these teams for a long time. So we don't, we don't root against anyone. We don't root for anyone, but man, what a cool story it would be to see Larry Penley go out on top. He is one of the all time best. He's on my Mount Rushmore as a person, as a coach, I was there in 03 when they won in Stillwater, the 50 wearing Clemson orange. We're happy. The 5,000 supporters wearing cowboy <laughs> oranges. Uh, they weren't so thrilled at that. That's outcome. a very similar orange, right? It is a very similar orange, but it, it was a distinct difference 18 years ago. I can, I can assure you. Uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Lobos hosting there. Oklahoma, ASU, A&M, the top three. I'm looking at Stanford. I'm curious, will the kids, and I say the kids, Thor Bjornsson and Billups, I think if the freshmen play well, Watch out for them to make a run. We saw Barclay Brown uh, at the Walker Cup. Very, very impressive for GB and I. Remember, two years ago, they won it all, and they won their last five events. They didn't play in the fall. They're notorious slow starters. I'm thinking the Cardinal could have some value there as a sixth seed. 
Yeah, I, I think if Barclay Brown wears his little Gilligan hat, I think that's good <laughs> for, for an extra five shots around. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, Phillips and Thorpe Bjornsson, those are your your two studs that you need to get going if you're Stanford. Henry Shimpo, him playing well at Pac-12s is a huge boost, maybe takes a little bit of pressure off those young guys. This, this in my opinion, is going to be the toughest regional for a top seed in that New Mexico number five seed. They're playing on their home golf course. This is a course where you have to make a ton of birdies. It's fairly wide open. I, I know it's desert golf, but it's fairly wide open. It's just, it's a very gettable course. And for the fifth seed to be hosting, especially coming off winning a conference title in the mountain West, I, I would almost consider the rebels to be a lock to make it through in the top five. Um, looking down the list, you know, Boise State's a very unknown team. Oregon State, I thought, would be a lot better this year with their top two players. South Carolina, Ryan Hall certainly has had one of the, you know, top 10 or 11 best individual seasons this year in college golf. But, you know, I, I just have a hard time going against the top five, even though I just said it's going to be the toughest regional all of those top five teams, maybe you throw in Stanford, but um, I think everyone's going to get done, but I, I look for New Mexico to maybe, maybe even win this. You threw out, I think rebels. I think you meant to say Lobos or maybe Lobos. I uh, misheard you. But UNLV, right. yes. Uh, last one, Clee Ellum, Washington hosted by the Huskies. Wake has to make the trip out there. Pepperdine, the two seed is Arizona legit as conference champs. Uh, I think weather could be a big indicator here. As, as Paige McKenzie said, it could be 45 degrees. You, you might not warm up. So people might think, well, you bundle up. Teams going east to west, seemingly there are some challenges. So maybe San Francisco at five, Washington at seven, maybe even Oregon as a 10 seed will feel a little bit closer to home. Yeah, Oregon's been been playing some some pretty good golf the last few events. Uh, certainly trending in the right direction. Maybe not the the name brands individually as we're used to seeing with some of these other teams or even teams in Oregon's past. But Wake Forest, people will say, man, they got the short end of the stick, having to go from Winston Salem all the way out to the Pacific Northwest. But remember, their two best players are both from the you know, from the UK and Ireland, Mark Power from Ireland, England's Alex Fitzpatrick. We talked about that Walker Cup hangover, but hey, they, they've had enough time. They're, they're going to have enough time to rest up. Uh, talking to Power last week, he, he was like, I, I think we may be at a little bit of an advantage just because the conditions may be a little bit like a summer in Ireland or a summer in England. Florida, it seems like they get sent the furthest every single year. Um, but with Ricky Castilio, with the way he played at Seminole, I, I would certainly not count the Gators out. So the yeah, top four, four seeds, I think, are pretty solid. Iowa is, is a team also, uh, real quick, just to keep an eye on. Uh, Tyler Stith's bunch of very, uh, you know, very unheralded uh, or unheralded, un underrated, uh, if you will, and, and uh, probably have a lot to prove and could, could surprise some people. Uh, as we wrap up minute or two, we alluded to the Walker Cup. You and I were there. Let's get a final thought on that as, you know, such a strong college presence. Seminole, wow, first time ever there. Hats off to Great Britain and Ireland. Sandy Scott, 
couldn't play because of a wrist. Alex Fitzpatrick goes 0-4. Joe Long, the amateur champ, can only play Sunday afternoon. And they still had a chance. A couple of takeaways there, and then you alluded to it a moment ago. Ricky Castillo from Florida. Maybe this was that hello world moment. Uh, boy, was he good. Man, he, he was just incredible. It was the best golf that his dad, Mark's seen him play in a very, very long time. Um, so just very cool to, uh, you know, see a player who struggled at times this spring step up when it matters most, and especially being the youngest guy on that squad. I think my biggest takeaway is just the fact that, you know, how, how special of a week it was. It just seemed that even though so much went wrong with the virus and even the protocols for the coronavirus coming in, like even though there was so much adversity, by the time the final putt dropped on Sunday, I just got this sense, and I don't know if you agree, Burko, but I was like, man, that was an incredible weekend of golf. Um, it proves why the Walker Cup is one of the best events, pro or amateur, in the world. And there's all this talk now about changing it. Like, why, why ruin a good thing? Like, why bring in Europe? Why, you know, add formats? The only thing I can think of is, hey, let's just stretch this out to three days do a foursome session after the opening ceremonies on Friday morning, have your two sessions singles and then foursomes on Saturday, and then just do your 10 singles on Sunday. You don't change the format. You don't change the number of points available. You certainly don't add any new players, but you make that practice lead up, which is already way too long. You make it a little shorter and you make the competition, which is the highlight of every player's career. You make that just a little bit longer. So that's the only thing I would change, but don't ruin a good thing. This event is an incredible event. I look forward to it every two years. And I, man, I can't wait. St. Andrews 2023. I'm, I'm already, uh, already excited about that one. Looking for flights. I agree. That was Walker cup number six that I've had the good fortune of covering. Uh, I echo every sentiment. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Uh, it is truly phenomenal. Uh, and the golf courses, they get to play uh, the very best in the world. That's our wrap on this edition of College Golf Talk. We're going to be back next Thursday as well. We'll recap the men's regionals and maybe get a little closer perspective as the women's will get going. So we appreciate you, as always, for joining us. For Brentley, I'm Burko. We'll see you next time. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bottom up, up, up. Bell one time on Friday. Participating McDonald's through 12 31 24. Excludes tax. Must update rewards.